This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome all you loyal listeners to once again, Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass and I'm back with you. Today, we have got the president of the Horton Group. A lot of you guys know him because even though the Horton Group is ginormous, Ron is down to earth. So today I brought on Ron Assisi. And I'm like I said, you may get like, what the heck? Who is Ron Assisi? You do know him. It is a unique name. I have to admit that when I asked him, I said, pronounce your name for me to make sure I say it right. I was way off. So it's probably different than maybe you see out there, but he's always giving his wisdom. He's always giving the things that he has learned, trying to help agents to stay away from the things that he has found challenging and maybe just not as rewarding in business that maybe sometimes agents do. Also been there. I've read a lot of uh, uh, posts where you've commented, Ron, and really given the uppity up to agents and hey, you're on the right track. And so we're going to talk about that. But before I do and before I get in with you, I want to remind people about WeGotYourPodcast.com. WeGotYourPodcast.com. COVID's going to be keeping on going on for a while. We got, in my opinion, another eight to nine to 10 months, which means you have enough time to do what you've been thinking about doing. You hear me say this, we got your podcast. You want to build authority in your niche or you want to build a niche and build authority. We can help you do that. We're doing it a lot. Go to wegotyourpodcast.com. Look at all the podcasts that we're doing. Probably that you're listening to them daily. Our team is producing them. But not only are we producing them and publishing them, we're also giving them the education of how to get the good agents, how to get the good guests, how do you build your audience, what are the things you need to say, what's the type of, of uh, equipment that you're needing to use, all different types of stuff out there. So we're willing to help you at wegotyourpodcast.com. Enough of that. Cut. Let's roll over to the man. Ron Assisi, how are you doing, sir? I am doing great. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you. Um, I am. I have uh, the last two weeks for me, Ron. I have been uh, working on renewals uh, that I some of my biggest renewals come due January uh, and February. Um, so I've been working those, but then also I've just been trying to put out. For the month of December, I always try to do three podcasts a month and release them. Um, today, Jennifer uh, Carroll from the CEO of Veruna uh, was uh, was released today. Yesterday was. Uh, was, um, oh my goodness, um, Sitkins. Uh, Roger Sitkins okay. was on yesterday. Uh, and then we had two on uh, earlier. So it's really been Brandon Smith was earlier on Age of Independence. So we've really been doing a lot. But I also know that this is kind of, um, I don't want to say a slower time for agents. Some agents are. A lot of agents don't have renewals around the end of the year, but some do. And when you do, you're in the car a lot. You're going to visit people. You're at your desk yeah. a lot. And that's why we try to amplify 
the the amount and step up the content that we do in December. So, Ryan, I do appreciate your time. You and I have went back and forth on Facebook messages, God, for years, you know, Amen. and it's never been the right opportunity or the right time. Maybe there always is the right opportunity and the right time, but this seems to be the best time because it's actually happening. There you go. Ron, I want to introduce who you are um, and get to know you, but I want you to do that. But before we do, we're going to go through the three questions that everybody must navigate through. Okay. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? iPhone. iPhone. Doesn't, uh, president of a corporation, doesn't surprise me. Uh, what's the last app you downloaded? Last app I downloaded was, believe it or not, was Netflix on my phone. Wow. Finally got it on the phone, huh? Do you, yeah, or, you, know, you always have it on the TV? And I still haven't used it, but 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 I downloaded it. Okay. Did you already did you already have it on the smart TV or you? Just oh, absolutely. Watch it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you just put it on the phone. So in case. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, it's beautiful. It's great to be laying in a hotel room, you know, at ten o'clock at night, and you just pull out your phone and you can just flip through all your movies. You know what I mean? I. I I love it. I, I really do love it. I don't really use Netflix very much, um, except for right before bed. It's the way I wind down. And we're going to end this by asking what you watch. So uh, keep you that go. in your brain as well. And then the um, the next thing is, is do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I uh, hate to lose for sure. Hate to lose. Hate to lose. Man, I tell you, you go, you go above and beyond because to, to, you just hate to lose. Amen. I know. I know. You know, it's it's a trait of a lot of leaders like yourself. There's a lot of leaders out there that uh, that uh, you know it, it, either either answer there is correct. Either answer for any of these questions. And the last right. one is: Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Again, hate to lose. Oh my gosh! I just asked that question. I am yep. so sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Not sorry. Okay, that's the first time. Uh, no, there's two things that got you where you are: skill or luck. Which one would you say has been a bigger factor in your life? Wow. Wow. That is a, uh, that's a, that's an interesting and slightly loaded question. Mm -hmm. uh, there is absolutely no question that luck plays a factor for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, no matter, how, you know, I'm, I'm a big, one of my favorite, I'm known, kind of known as the cliche king sometimes. And, uh, and I've got a lot of them um, to the point where they put a list of them on the back of my door in my office um, <laughs> because they're so sick of me saying at the end of the day and life is good. You know, but uh, one of those is ad lib is ad lib is for amateurs. So, you know, preparation is the key. So, you know, I, I think certainly skill and preparation, you know, played a major role. But anybody that has had any degree of success, you know, in life or personally, um, luck plays certainly plays a factor um, in, in so many different things. So yeah. I think it's a combination of both. It really does. It really, really does. I could definitely say that luck has been um I never had skill to be a podcaster. I just decided to do it and got lucky wow. that no one else was doing it. And, you know, and I say it all the time, you can do the wrong thing as long as you do the wrong thing consistent, it'll turn out, yep. right? Yep. Now, what's amazing is, is something that Roger really hit on. I noticed CEOs and presidents hit on this and you just hit on it. And you talked about preparation. So many high achieving people. And when you think about high achieving athletes and you think about any high achieving uh, professional, they come prepared, right? They, they, they come prepared for a meeting. They come prepared to guide their staff. I have to say that is my weakness 
is definitely my weakness. That's why my business partner, Travis, who's, who is very, very good at that. I kind of, I don't like preparing for podcasts. I just like the flow of the energy, right? right. Now, at the same time, when I walk in to speak to a non-for-profit uh, non whale, I mean, I've had that conversation a million times, you know right. what I mean? So I do understand that. But you are right about that. That's amazing how loyal listeners pay attention to that. When talking about mindset, and you're talking about presidents, you're talking about CEOs, they always talk about being prepared. Um, that, that's really, really good. Ron, take us back to uh, high school, college, wherever, and bring us forward. Give us the history of where you are now. I mean, everybody knows who the Horton Group is across America, and you're the president of it. We want to hear your story. Well. Um you know, it, it, none of us, most of us certainly, and the old joke is none of us ever planned on getting into insurance. And, and mm -hmm. I was certainly in that, uh, uh, in that camp as well. Uh, so, uh, was, was registered for college. My dad died at a very young age. So it was really just my mom and I, uh, was registered for college when switched high schools, kind of at the end of high school into a, not the greatest situation in high school, and subsequently got into a work program and started working for McDonald's. Um, within a short period of months, was was managing for McDonald's at 17 and had this vision of grandeur that I was going to become an owner-operator and uh, subsequently did not follow the management track and did not wind up going to college. And um, spent about six years uh, managing for McDonald's, moved up the ranks, quickly figured out you know, on the upside, they teach you about consistency and structure and do the same, do, find out what the right thing is, do it over and over and over, and don't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, they also teach you about work ethic. I mean, in a huge way. Um, in really? addition, wow. when you're, well, I mean, it, 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 it's not a, it's not an easy deal. Um, uh, it was a very fulfilling place, actually, um, because you can make people happy and people like things that taste good, et cetera. And, that are served quickly and in a clean environment, et cetera. Um, but you also learn that you could start, I mean, as a manager, you could start at 4 a.m. and you could finish at 2 a.m. Uh, and everything in between. Um, but what you also quickly learn is you're going to work like a madman, not for a lot of money. Uh, right. So decided I should get into sales and um, it started dabbling in real estate, started getting ready to get into real estate and then just by happenstance, uh, went to buy some more life insurance and uh, met a Prudential agent who said, you know, you, you should really think about doing this. A month later, I was with Prudential. And that's how I started the career gotcha. uh, uh, on the insurance side. A lot of famous, starting to famous, a lot of people I know in this industry um, started at Prudential. You know, that's not, in my opinion, somebody that we run into a lot uh, today, even not anymore. Uh, yeah, you just don't. But uh, my father-in-law in the '80s started with Prudential. Uh, he ended up retiring, isn't it, from an insur from insurance? I had a pretty good career, so that's interesting. So you found found that as well. So you leave Prudential. Why did you leave Prudential, and when did you get where you to the Horton Group? Where'd that start? So, so the the progression is um, spent about it, for some reason I had a, a early in my early to middle of my career I had a lot of seven year cycles. So I was at Prudential for seven years. Uh, agent, became a sales manager, recruit, hire, train, et cetera, and um, figured out if I went in, and I wrote a lot of PNC for Prudential standards. It wasn't a lot of PNC, but by their standards as, as a life company, wrote a fair amount of PNC and decided if I got into PNC, I wouldn't have to be at people's kitchen tables at nine o'clock at night selling life insurance and I could have a, a normal life. 
course, what I came to find is I would just I was just wound up at my own office at nine o'clock at night. But you know, that's okay. That's a whole nother story. Um, but uh, uh, decided to leave Prudential, wanted to get into PNC and um, uh, strong Midwest company uh, in Illinois, as you know, American Family. Um, went oh, wow. and started a, a scratch agency with American Family in the south suburbs of uh, Chicago land. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, it was a great place to get really, really good at, at personal line, at PNC in general. Uh, turned out the personal lines was really uh, my passion. Um, but again, was there about seven years. Agent came a district manager who had recruit, hire, train. Um, at the time, um, American Family had about 1.82% of the market in Illinois and wanted to act like State Farm or Allstate hmm. and put an agent on every corner. And it really just, it just became, when I was trying to recruit, hire, and train and promise people the world, um, I couldn't promise something that, that we couldn't deliver. So again, mm-hmm. seven years in, that's when decided to uh, just start over and, and open to scratch independent agency. And that would have been in about, um, that would have been about 98 or 99 that we, I opened a scratch independent agency in the South suburbs, Crestwood, Illinois. Where, what was the name of it? This? Ronald Assisi Insurance Group. Okay. Okay. You got um, real creative on that one. Just like all of us insurance agents uh, do, Ron. Yes, sir. Well, you know, the funny thing is at first I named it A-plus insurance, you know, the old yellow page, yellow deal, page get early, yeah. you know, the drill. Yeah. Um, and and then, you know, shortly thereafter, you realize if you really want to, if you really want to have pride in something, you better put your name on it. And, uh, and that way everybody knows where the buck stops, et cetera. And um, not surprisingly, did that for seven years, seven years. <laughs> um, um, and um, was very fortunate, again, very much personal lines focused, was about 75% personal lines revenue wise, and then evenly split the rest between commercial and benefits. and. Um, uh, didn't had a great amount of success, and I mean a wonderful amount of success, and was very very fortunate. Had a lot of luck, a lot of good people helped me along the way, uh, and a lot of good markets, and had no balance in my life. Uh, I mean, just I, I fooled myself into thinking because I didn't miss a soccer game for my kids that I had balance. But of course, after soccer games ended, I went back to the office till ten or eleven, and and that just wasn't fair to my family. So. At that point, uh, thought about what the next step was, and that's when I I talked to the Horton Group about uh, uh, about a merger there, and uh, uh, decided to, to to do that. Uh, they acquired the agency. I became a partner and uh, took over as pres- president of Personal Insurance, and uh, and that's where uh, you know that's where we. I mean, that was so that was uh, seventeen years ago. Wow. Uh, so I, I broke the seven year cycle, um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, which worked out well, but, uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it was something where I was able to find balance. Um, but it was a very interesting transition in that, uh, not unlike a lot of people that will listen to this and, and a lot of people that you and I know and talk to and interact with on a daily basis, when you go from your own deal to a large organization like Horton, um, and you're, I was one of the reasons that I didn't have a lot of balances. I was a control freak. Okay. And it was the old story about a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing because I was fortunate enough to make a lot of right decisions and trust my gut, but I never empowered anyone. And because I never empowered anyone, I couldn't leave the office without my phone blown up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then you go to an organization like Horton where you've got 
you know, at that time we probably had, I don't know, 250, 270 employees. And um, you learn you've got to collaborate and you've got to bring others into the equation. So that was a big adjustment. Um, you know, fortunately, we had a lot of good people, but, you know, I had to take my control freak hat off and my micromanager hat off and uh, be a lot be a lot more trusting. And um, that was an interesting transition and a learning experience for me, for sure. Yeah, let's talk about that, because that's obviously something that's probably not an anomaly here. I mean, we're dealing with a lot of people who um, are, are, are salespeople. Yep. Um, he or she becomes very successful. I'm tired of only getting 20, 30%. I think my processes can be better. I think I could run this place a lot better. Some of us, probably most of us proved not to be true, but we're in the insurance business where you get renewals so you could be terrible businessman and still make money. Um, I want to talk about that, about how old were you when you started having the self-awareness of, were you looking back and saying, why is it every seven years and how can I change that? Or what came to that, Ron, that made you realize like, holy shit, I'm a control freak. You know what? It, it, it really, the seven year thing wasn't so much as just, um, like I said, and, and, and I left one small part out, um, about a year and a half before the eventual, um, merger, um, I did it. I did it with Horton once and w couldn't sleep at night thinking I gave up on my dream. And literally not at the 11th hour, but like about 105 reversed it. I mean, the money oh was in the bank. The, oh you know, we had done everything, but we oh hadn't notified my clients. Oh, my um, gosh. And we had notified my I mean, we did everything. And. Fortunately, Glenn Horton was a very uh, was a very forgiving man and said, hey, if you're not ready, no problem. And I mean, literally, I mean, wow. reversed it. And it, it so that so that was a, so during that. So we reversed it. And I I joined at the time it was called tech. Now it's called Vistage. Okay. Uh, I joined Vistage and surrounded myself by some other CEOs of like size businesses. We were about a million dollars in commission revenue uh, at that time. And um, was just committed to I'm gonna empower, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of being a control freak and I'm gonna empower others. And it, it I definitely evolved a little bit, but at the end of the day, I realized I really probably wasn't gonna have true balance um, with what I was doing without just so many changes that um, Glenn Horton and I would continue to have lunch during that time, maybe every two three months, and we were having lunch, and I said, okay, Glenn, I think I'm ready, and he dropped his fork and. Um, uh, and, and, uh, uh, said, uh, okay, you want to wait two weeks so you can decide whether to tell me no again. And <laughs> I said, okay, I got that coming. And, um, uh, um, so, so over the last 17 years, many of our partners have, have loved to throw that in my face. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a good, funny story, you know, but, and you know, you know, no, it is a good, funny story, and it's so much to learn from. This is why we do the podcast. These loyal listeners love that experience, that wisdom that you have there, because I think a lot of us are control freaks, and and it's really interesting. And I don't, maybe you don't have any secret sauce, but that had to be that had to be a conversation you had to have with yourself over and over, right? This is my dream, but maybe there can be something bigger. How do I collaborate? As you, the word you used, how do I train others? How do I empower others? That's a big step, Ron. That's a big step. I'm a 40-year-old man. I'm a 42-year-old man. That's a big step of that self-awareness that we start to get in our 30s and 40s. And I think it was that right about that time for you. And more importantly, almost exactly, I was when we finally, finally did the merger. 
um, I was um, I was 41. Ah. Um, so I knew I had a lot of time because I started I started with Prudential early. Yeah. Um, because of you know, particularly even with the McDonald's experience, you know, I, because of the lack of college, I you know I, I was still in my I was in my real early 20s. Mm. Uh, interesting thing for a 21 year old trying to go to you know meet with 50 year olds and talk about finances, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I made it up with energy, but, uh, but you're absolutely right. Um, so, uh, you know, I knew I had a lot of time left in my career and one of the other partners, the original founding partners at Horton, um, I will never forget this, you know, said, okay, so you got this million dollar plus business that you're running. Why would you not want to run, want to come into an organization and just run up a good chunk of that and, 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 uh, and still, participate in the growth of a bigger organization versus your own. Because I will tell you, I really had hit a brick wall. Um, we had grown from zero to a million in revenue in, uh, exponentially fast. And that was great. And, and But it had its pitfalls. But for us to grow anymore, um, and one of the first lunches that Glenn Horton and I had, he called it, I mean, it was amazing. He said, boy, you got to be, there can't be enough hours in a day for you to do any more than you're doing. And I said, wow, I, you know, I mean, I met you like, you know, 20 minutes ago. He said, wow, it's pretty obvious. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at you and um, it, it, on the amount of employees you had. And, uh, you know, our EBITDA was, you know, was crazy. But again, um, you know, do I, am I going to stay married if I do this? No, the answer was an absolute no, because I wasn't fair to my wife. He's begging me mm. for date nights mm. and I'm justifying it by saying, Hey, I'm not out in a bar. I'm not, to, I'm just working at the office and I'm here till 10 at night to build something for our family. And, you know, it's the old story. When is it enough? Um, but you know, so you, it, it was a, it was a really good progression and you don't go from being a control freak to not one overnight. Right. Um, but it, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of the, I was talking to somebody last yesterday about perpetuation and it's one of the other things that a lot of us struggle with. And I was no different. I had no perpetuation. Uh, I mean, I found it in the merger. Mm-hmm. But if I had dropped dead, you know, the month before, um, my wife, we would have been all, all bets are off. She didn't work in the agency. Right. Um, you know, her, her reference point of the agency was me coming home. At, you know, trust me, she didn't have any desire to work in the agency based on what she saw. Good from call. Me. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's one of the things that small to medium sized agency owners we see, because certainly we've been in the M&A business, um, we see the lack of perpetuation of anything organized um, and, and structured where, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I, know can, I can tell confidently that uh, you've got something in place yourself, but, but I mean, it, it's easy to just it's the old story. It's, it, it, you let the day get in the way, the week get in the way, and and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I got this this thing that's worth a lot of money, especially now the crazy multiples that are out there. And what happens if I don't come home tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yep. uh, you know, you don't want a fire sale. You don't want everything to work for. So it's uh, you know, it, it's it's an inter- It's been an interesting ride. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. 
With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Yeah, yeah. And that is something Travis and I did take seriously and all you loyal listeners do. Doing an operating agreement, um, you know, is not expensive. It's not cheap, but it's it's tough to sit down with somebody else. I have a 50-50 business partner with Travis and and we have to discuss that, you know, like how's this going to go? And and my whole thing about that was what your concern was is that yeah, we have some life insurance not as much as the value of what this agency will be when it sells, but I wanted to make sure she was at least taken care of and she wasn't having to um, uh, live through the agreements maybe that Travis and I had supposedly made or, you know, we had just assumed that that's the way that we wanted things to go. Um, I have to tell you, I, I had, um, I felt good after I signed that operating agreement and the agreement that lets us know how we would split up in the, in the case of anything, death or or I steal from the agency or all that stuff is laid out like here's how it goes down you know and so it's um that's good stuff that's good stuff self-awareness is so important Ron it's so important and I think a lot of us think we're self-aware like at 42 I think I'm self-aware well what I am is I'm more self-aware than I was when I was 35 right but I'm learning and learning and learning and I think you'd be a witness to the fact that that's just something you do your entire life is just learn about who you are. And one of my things was in my mid twenties is when I did this. And, um, and my pressure came from my wife, my wife, she didn't like the, 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 the life that I was, that I was giving her. I mean, it was nice. It was lucrative, you know, but it's like, dude, I married you, not the dollar. And, you know, and my wife told me one day, she's like, Jason, if you make 70 to $80,000 a year, but we get you at home, I'm cool with that. You know yeah. what I mean? I, we, we don't, I'm wanting you, not this, this thing. So that's how we had to do that. And my secret, and I, and I'd love to hear some of your secrets. My secret was realizing my weaknesses and delegating that shit as fast as I could. Right. Yep. That's what I had to do. Now it sounds like you at the beginning, you were working the hours cause you probably didn't have the staff cause you were, you were doing it most of it. Am I wrong or right by that? Or did you, know, you, have it, a- it, you know what? It, it, I had the staff. I just didn't empower them. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a lack of trust. It was, um, it was just such a, you know, it's the old story about, oh, why should I show you? I'll just do it myself because I can do it faster. And, and and some of that is obviously you can get real pompous really quick and just think, well, I can do it faster, which really means I can do it better, right? Which is, which ah. is a pompous ass statement that is, but, you know, but it, it, and maybe you can certainly, I mean, I, you, hopefully you're the most talented person in your agency at a lot of things, but my gosh, am I, uh, you know, what, what we did do a good job of was as we grew, everybody wants to talk to Ron. Everybody wants to talk to Jason. Everybody wants to talk to Travis. And we actually did a really good job of that because one of the, one of the pet peeves I have is, um, you know, I called, uh, you know, I call in somewhere, you know, can I talk to Jason? Well, who's calling? Well, oh, does, let me. Depending on what I say, it depends on whether I'm important enough. But we would, I, I would never say that. It was really? always, it wow. was always just, hey, Ron's on the phone with someone else, uh, you know, or Ron's on the phone right now, or Ron's, you know, with a client right now. There's something I can help you with. And and you know, after a while, they just decide to call Jill because you know they like dealing with Jill. Once they figure out she's 
He's competent, but it takes a while to get there. He's the one who knows the answer to the question. Exactly. I tell people right on the phone, hey, I'm the owner. I just happened to answer the phone because I saw that it ring three times. And in our office, we we pick anybody picks it up after three rings. And 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 they'll be like, Well, it's just a question with my bill. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, like, you don't want me doing that. You know what I mean? I know where I could probably find it, but uh, I want somebody else to do that. I love what you said, Ron. You said, I had the staff, Jason, I just wasn't empowering them. I do these podcasts so people hear that, Ron. That that that's what that's what a lot of agencies are missing. They're missing the empowering. I was talking to an agent the other day, and he was thinking about doing business with um, Kelly Donahue Piro. Right, and he was thinking about it, and he said, "Jason, the reason why I don't really want to do it has nothing to do with her." He's like, "You can't teach my people how to sell." And he, I said, well, what are you wanting? He says, I want my people to have more meaningful conversations with our people. I want them to be able to understand that when I hear this, maybe think this, say this. And I asked him, I said, how do you know they can't do that? And he says, I, I see it every day. I said, next question. When's the last time you trained them right. to get more uh, constructive conversations? And he says, I never have because they're not going to be able to do it. I, I mean, do you know what, Ron? He still didn't get it. I had to say it. Fulfilling prophecy, right? I, I had to say it to him. I had to right. say, don't you think you should at least, it's like the story of the CFO and CEO. The CEO says, man, we should train our people. And CFO says, but what if we do and they leave? And the CEO says, yeah, what if we don't and they stay? Right. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so we keep being miserable with our staff when all along it's us not training them and empowering them. I love that, Ron. I love that. I love that. So much, so much goodness. I'm telling you, I'm such a geek at this. I get goosebumps when I think about this stuff. And it's not so much me for my agency. I want these loyal listeners to hear this coming directly from you because some of them get stuck in that box that we call an agency. Right. Some of them, some of them, some of them get lost. It's real easy. It's like sometimes when you go to a conference and you sit around and you start talking to other agents and you start realizing they have some of the same problems. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of fine. You know, it's like, Okay, shit. I thought this was just me that was having this. No, we have a lot you know of what, you know problems. what, Jason. I'll I'll tell you this, and and that's interesting because when we, you know, we we've been at a lot of conferences together and a, on a lot of webinars together, et cetera. And one of the interesting dynamics is certainly where you where where we at Horton are generally one of the larger agencies in the room, if not the largest. And people assume, oh, well, you got X amount of employees, so. You, there couldn't be a problem you have. It's like, I have the same exact, what's your number number one problem in your agency? Nine out of 10 times, people will say staff. And that can take on a lot of different mm-hmm. meanings. Mm-hmm. But staff is generally most of our biggest challenge. Oh my gosh, staff is our, and finding them, training them, uh, uh, recruit, you know, finding retaining them, training them, them yeah. and keeping them, retaining them. them. Um, and, and, you know, the old story, can you motivate an employee? There's a, there's a lot of different theories about whether you can really, but whether you can truly motivate someone is, is, is in as a good question, but can you develop an environment that allows them to be motivated? Absolutely. And you find in a lot of cases, we all assume it's about money. Well, if I pay them $5,000 more a year, they'll be happy for a couple of months and then they'll be looking for the next one. Um, but you know what? Um, and I'll tell you, I missed the boat on some of this early on at Horton. 
Um, I'll never forget it. We, we a couple months in, we're gonna bring in the latte ladies. I'll never forget this. And I thought, the latte. There's a there's the Starbucks. Literally, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not a coffee drinker, so that was another reason. But you know, I got a diet coke sitting next to me. But there's a Starbucks, literally, like four blocks from our office. If people want a coffee, they can. And we we have th- two different kinds of coffee, always brewing in our lunch. But you don't get it. You know, this is gourmet stuff, and it shows people we appreciate it. Most importantly, just like Starbucks. Why do people go to Starbucks? Not because the coffee's any better, for the experience, right? For the camaraderie, for the ability to, for the community. Same thing. People came down by the latte lady, they got a gourmet cup of coffee, and they got away from work for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, got a chance to just shoot the shit and, and, and talk, and hopefully about their kids and about anything but work. And and then when they got back to their desk, did they miss 20 minutes of work? Yes, but they probably were more productive the rest of the day and made that up and then some because they felt good about the fact that they were appreciated. How long and, did it take you to realize that? Oh, way longer than it should have. I should have. You know, and <laughs> and the interesting part is um, I will tell you our CEO, Glenn, struggled with that probably more than I did. And our our chief operating officer, George Daly, who you know, who is now president of our local association, Mm -hmm. was the guy that came up with the latte ladies. Pajama day. Oh boy. I'll tell you what, there's a little, there's a little danger in pajama day, by the way, because you have to put some, some some parameters around where you're, where, what you wear to bed to work. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong there, but, but again, pajama day, one of our most successful things but there's a little danger. You got to worry about that. But. Do you guys still have pajama day? We have. Uh, yes, we had. Uh, well, when we were in the office, we did. Good, um, good, yeah, good you know, obviously. But yes. And I mean, you know, kickball things. We have Horton Palooza, um, you know, which it is. So um, it's a lot of those things. Um, uh, and you realize that, that um, you know, it's, it's not just about. Yes, people need to pay their bills. You know, you can't pay your bills with pajama day. But it's a it's a delicate balance. And, you know, it's the uh, I'll tell you another really funny, quick little story. So we are really huge on wellness at Horton. Um, we 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 actually sell wellness services as part of our benefits. But we live wellness and and we have a lot of wellness initiatives and speakers and so on. Um, so it was very ironic one day when people walked in and there was, if anybody's ever been to Wendy's or some of the, or Firehouse Subs, they got the Coke machines with 120 different flavors, yes. right? Yes. So one of those shows up in our lunchroom oh and God. it was just kind of like, this is a Coke machine, with, you know, whatever is in Diet Coke and all of that. And when asked, Glenn Horton said, you know, I know it's probably a little uh, counterintuitive to this whole wellness thing, but it was just too cool not to buy. So, and the funny thing is the first time it broke, you would have thought somebody died because people got so hooked on that thing. So again, little things that mean a lot. Little, little things, little things. Um, Tony, I say his bad, his name wrong. Um, Ishe, uh, Tony Ishe, the uh, CEO of Zappos that just passed, yeah, right? right. Um, I, I said this in another podcast, but it goes to the fact of what we're saying here. He he says the best way that he wanted to create Zappos, and the best example he could get was, was a greenhouse and plants are growing. He said, it's not my job as the CEO to be the biggest plant for all the other plants to aspire to be. 
My job is to create a, a greenhouse that allows everybody to grow and to blossom. And it's my job is to manage that greenhouse to make sure everybody is able to do that. That to me probably was one of the most profound things that I've ever heard said. When we hear this saying, don't work in your business, work on your business, business. no one ever really defines that, Ron. It's easy to say, right? Might be a cliche on the back of your door, but it's a tough thing. And when you hear that example that Tony gives, it's like, oh. Because here's what you, here's what Glenn was doing. Here's what you were doing. You, you, you weren't saying like, well, I don't do that and I don't drink coffee and that's not necessarily people need to be like me, be strong. You know, all this stuff that this is old leadership that today it's like, I don't care who you are, Ron. I hope that you care who I am. And by doing this stuff, it helps me grow. I want to do good for you. I want to do good. You care about my health. You let me drink coffee. I know that sounds silly to some people, but like you said, that was a major deal. Um, mm, 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 mm. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you one other thing when you were talking about when you're talking about the conversation you had with the business owner about Kelly Donahue. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, uh, you know, I'll give a shameless 15 second plug for her. Come on. In an organization, um, we've had a lot of people coming through our doors, training, et cetera, speakers, you name it. Um uh, she was able to accomplish some things with 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 our staff in in personal lines uh, that um, that that I wasn't able to pull off before I hired her. And um, and the most interesting part of it is um, she said, well, what do you want me to accomplish? And I said, you know what, you you go in, you get to learn them, their deal. And then you tell me what you you know, just do it. And uh, and it was it was a was a great thing. And uh, um, again, it's the old story. It, it, when you think nobody can do it, but you self-fulfilling prophecy and it's so limiting. Um, but on that same kind of note, if there's one thing that I would say was critical to my success once I opened that independent agency and allowed us to grow so quickly on the good side of things was um Again, when you when you're early in your career, it's you worry about every dollar, and rightfully so. You've got to be a, a strong. One of the downsides to being a salesperson, but maybe not a business owner, is if you don't watch things, you know, they get out of hand. But mm-hmm. take that to the other end of it, and um, we hired a I hired a full time person before we had a policy in force, and certainly on the early part of it, she worked on the marketing and so on, and then she wound up being the office manager, et cetera. Um, but, um, easy to say, and you hopefully have the finances to do it, but, um, so it is so easy to get into that trap of, well, I'll hire somebody when I have enough of this. And then you wind up being a glorified CSR and all you're doing is, is, is putting, you know, a ball and chain on your, your, uh, uh, on your, on your leg, because you're, you're never going to grow anywhere near as fast. If, if you're doing the things that someone else can do and, uh, and, and, you know, limiting yourself in the things that only you can do. One of the things that you brought me to my attention is not only you're talking about your that that lady there was working at your office, but also with Kelly. Is Steve Jobs says that he doesn't hire smart people and tell them what to do. He hires smart people and has them tell him what to do. Right. Past tense. Man, right. Right. Here now. But but I think there's a lot of CEOs that have taken that, and that's what you did. I love it. Ron, you, you don't realize it. And that's what I'm trying to pull out for you loyal listeners are these little nuggets that you've got to hear. It was, hey, so what do you want me to do, Ron? I don't know. You go out there and learn and get to know. And you come back in here and tell me what we need to do, you know, and bam, bam, bam. And I just I just freaking love that, Ron. 
given so much, given so much. Let's wrap this baby up because it has been 40 minutes, but I mean, I could go on and on. This went places I never thought. I'm going to tell you, this has been one of the most valuable um, podcasts that I've done in a while. And the reason is, Ron, you're so real. You're so real. We do a lot of CEOs. We do a lot of presidents around here. And um, sometimes they want to act like they're so perfect that they don't want to go deep. They don't want to talk about those. And, And how we live, you've already built and laid this beautiful road for people like myself and everybody who's younger than you to say, you know what, this is a great industry. Here's the way you can do it. Here's my story. But sometimes whenever we look back and we say you laid the road, I really need to know how you laid the bricks, right? I need to know how you got them flat. Why is this part of the road over here bumpy when the rest of the road's not? Well, Jason, this is what you got to be looking for. And that's what you've done here on this podcast. And I greatly appreciate it, Ron. I really do. And on behalf of the loyal listeners, we greatly appreciate it. Um, Last two questions, and I'm going to ask you to wrap up. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. I know you're a uh, leader, so I know you're definitely a reader. What are you reading right now, Ron? Um, just finished uh, a Neil Howe book. Neil Howe is a futurist. Uh, I think uh, I don't think he he was the guy that coined the the term millennial, and uh, uh, so the fourth the fourth turning. Um, I am. I just started. Uh, my daughter is fortunate enough. My daughter lives in New York City and and works for Salesforce, and uh, so uh, I'm 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 reading uh, the uh, the CEO of Salesforce's book. Um, uh, and that's been, uh, that's been really good, but, uh, um, I, I don't, it's, it's interesting. Glenn Horton, our CEO probably reads a book and a half to two books a week. I'm nowhere near that. Um, you know, I'm kind of a (laughs) books on tape kind of guy. Um, but, uh, but there's so many, there's so many good, good, you know, good things out there. Uh, one of, one of the, uh, one of the best business books I've ever done was the E-Myth. And yes, good the, one. the E-Myth Mastery, and they also, again, they have it in on, on audio for those that are in the car lot, but talk about, again, all about empowering and getting, you know, letting, finding ways to get others to, to get you where you need to go. Um, because again, it starts with the control. It, was, it resonated so much with me. Um, so, and that's, that's an oldie, but goodie, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't go out of Sort of style, I, you know. Early on, I was a big Tony Robbins fan, oh. um, and you know, there's different ways to take him. But you know, again, it's I'm attitude is just a mad. I will take an employee that has a great attitude and average skills, but that will bust their butt to make a customer happy than somebody that you know can type 180 words a minute and do everything and and just really doesn't care about the customer. Um, you know, again, if we don't find a way to differentiate, we're done. That's um, right. I, I mean, it's, it, when you think about, especially, in, especially in a personal line end of things. So um, we, we've got to be able to differentiate. Yeah. David Carruthers said, he says, you know, I've seen, I said to him one day, I said, David, I've seen fat people, short people, bald people, people with flocks of hair, people, introverts, extroverts, no matter what, I've seen them all that have been successful insurance agents. And I've seen all of them that haven't been. So that tells me that none of those traits matter really. And he said to me, he said, Jason, what I look for in a producer is two things. Are you willing and excited to learn? Are you willing Right. Are you excited to learn? Okay. It doesn't mean you know insurance yet, but are you willing and excited? And will you work harder than the next guy? 
Jason, if they answer yes to both of those questions, this career is going to make them more money than they know what to do with because they're going to outwork everybody, which is a lot of it. Like I said earlier, you can be bad at what you do and in the insurance business. I mean, it's terrible to say, but it really truly is. That's how great of a business it is. But yeah, so you, I know you're getting your kicks on Netflix. Maybe you spend your time on Amazon Prime. I don't know what you and the boo are doing watching a little Hulu. So what are you, what are you watching? What, what, what show have you watched lately that's really grabbed your interest? So this will give you an idea of how behind the times I am, but we just finished Designated Survivor. Wow. And, and, and what a great, what a great show. And um, um, uh, Cobra Kai, um, because I, ah. I, I loved Karate Kid 30 years ago and, um, you know, the, all, the whole underdog thing. Um, and, and again, I kind of a, it, uh, uh, love the whole underdog thing, but, uh, Madam Secretary again, you know, it's, I'm, I, I haven't seen that one just produced, you know, um, but another, you know, another Netflix thing and, uh, okay. um, you know, and I'm a sucker for my wife loves cop shows. So, you know, the whole uh, Chicago Mad, Chicago PD, that's network stuff, but yeah. law and order. Yeah. Um, all that, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. It is good stuff. It is good stuff. Wrapping up, Ron, anything last you want to say? Yeah, you know, I would just I, I would just say um, the greatest part of this business, in my opinion, is all the people. There's so many people that helped you and I get where we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it is rare to find someone in this business that isn't willing to help. You can identify them pretty quick. But for for anybody that you know, that I, we had a post on a thing we see every day yesterday that said, I just had a horrible day today. And it was just one of the worst days ever. And about 30 of us just jumped in. Are you okay? Is everything good? You know, you want to have a call. And I would just say, there's a, there's almost always somebody here that's going to help you that because somebody helped them to pave the way, um, what you do, this doesn't, this doesn't make you any money. Um, mm-hmm. this is just, to help the next guy realize, uh, wow, he has the same problems, et cetera. So reach yep. out. Don't be too proud to realize that you can always be better, you, you, that we all need help. And and anybody that 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 I can help, you know, uh, my number's on LinkedIn, you know, call me. Yep. But uh, but don't lose the face. It's a great business. And, uh, and we're all we're all love. We're all very lucky, particularly in in this covid time to be in a business where we can still survive and thrive. Yep. Thank you very much for bringing your time in. And loyal listeners, what he said at the end is that you can reach out to him and he actually will respond. He really will. Find him on LinkedIn. I mean, Ron, I see you inside of IAOA all the time uh, contributing and 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 it's just, it's really nice. You know, it's really nice when people realize who you are because we're not used to that, right? We're just not. And I'm not saying that people who lead large organizations are snobby. It's just usually they have a focus that it's, they've decided that that's past their time. They don't need to help but you're always trying to help. I mean, you really truly are and we greatly appreciate it. And this podcast um, has been, uh, is just a microcosm, I think, of who you truly are. You love to help. Uh, you love to tell your stories, um, whether they expose you or not, but it's those go. ones that get exposed is ones we finally say, hey, that's transparency and I can uh, I can relate to that. Ron, I, I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It's been a, been a blast. Happy holidays to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was Ron Assisi. It was a little bit unique name. And whenever you call him and you want to make sure it's Assisi, just like the, I did Mexican, like, yes, yes. Ah, yes, yes. You know, that's how how I did it. So I imagine other people have, but as you as a loyal listener, I don't know when uh, you're listening to this, but you know that you are appreciated. This is Agency Intelligence, where I give you a real agent inside real agencies, giving you the real 
agency insurance and not the insu- not the artificial they try to make you believe out there. So for all my loyal listeners, I just want to let you know I totally butchered that end, but I've done hundreds of these and I normally don't. So I just want you to know that I'm Cass. He's Ron. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.